The following is an encore presentation of Exploring Missions. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You know, when it comes to missions and when it comes to service, it's amazing how many areas there are. And uh, sometimes we only think of, quote, missionaries, pastors, Uh, But there's so much more that is involved in being missional. And we want to talk to someone today that chose a profession that uh, really, hopefully, it's more than a profession. At least it becomes and is a calling. And so today on Exploring Missions, we're talking to Kevin Parker. Kevin, welcome to Exploring Missions. Thank you for having me. Now, you work here at AFR, AFA, and uh, been yes, here. How long you been here now, brother? Uh, since December. Okay. And, the, man, you're closing in on a year. I know. Real close. How about that? That would be great. Yeah. And during it. that period of time, uh, I've had the privilege of sh- sharing with him, talking with him, and uh, knowing what God is doing. So uh, today I, I just felt like it's good time for you to hear what he was in his former life. Correct. You know, sometimes we have yeah. former lives, you know, yes, and uh, I, I love to hear people talk about that. And they say, well, in my former life or whatever my vocation was, I was. Yes. But you've kind of had a duel to two of those things, contractor and yes, sir. law enforcement. Correct. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Give us a little bit of your history. I, I think that, again, Kevin works here at, at AFA, <clears throat> and it's a joy for him to be here. And But I, I wanted you to hear this man as God has led him and helped him, and uh, we want to hear his story. Go ahead, Kevin. Helped me and saved me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, back in my former life, when you said there was a calling to get into law enforcement, I, I graduated from Mississippi State in 86 with a business degree and got into retail management with Walmart and was a district manager over uh, 12 stores in two states and just didn't feel fulfilled in uh, that line of work. And I had always wanted to, uh, had a calling to become a law enforcement officer and wanted to help people and, and give back to the community. So in 94, I applied with the Greenville Police Department. Greenville, Mississippi. Greenville, Mississippi. That's where I was born and raised. And, oh, okay. Uh, so, and Walmart had sent me back to Greenville, uh, fortunately, and so uh, I got hired and started my career in, in 95. So you were in retail for how long? Oh, for about uh, eight years Okay. So. Yes, sir. So you knew that wasn't your it just calling was, from God? It was not fulfilling what I wanted to do on this earth, yeah. so... And, Some, isn't it great sometimes people struggle staying where they are, and God will bless them because God blesses us to be able to oh, make yeah. a living yes, for sir. our family yes, and sir. work is honorable. But then when you get out of it and go into something else where you're making a living but you're fulfilled, right. changes things a little. It does, and it was a hard decision. You know, I was setting a really good-paying job and had a young young son at the time. He was uh two years old, so had to leave them to go to the police academy for 10 weeks, and uh, 
uh, and actually, I went through two two academies that year. <laughs> I got hired by the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics after uh, I was certified with Greenville. But I I did roughly two and a half years at Greenville and, and went to the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics. That had to be something. That was a, a I, is it uh, okay as a Christian working in that area? Uh, did you struggle? Oh yes, it was it was very hard and. I'll tell you this, and, and my wife reminded me of it last night. She was invited to our first meeting after we graduated from their academy at the, at the uh, Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics. We refer to them as MBN. There's an acronym for everything in the military and police. So yeah. uh, that first meeting with the captain uh, there at headquarters in Jackson, uh, he told her, he says, well, he told all, all the couples in there, everybody brought their spouses, and he says, Probably about eight of y'all in here will end up getting a divorce over your career in law enforcement because of the the nature of the work and the hours and the struggles it costs it, it causes families. So it's it's a very tough uh, profession, and I'm thankful to say that uh, this December we'll be married 31 years. Amen. So, so you're one of the two that stuck it out, according to his. I, I made the cut. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you know, wives are amazing. I mean, yes. for those that are in law enforcement, uh, those that are, I, I'll just say it, those pastors' wives, ministers' wives, yes. that when the pastor has to give so much attention to other people sometimes, oh, yeah. and they feel like, well, how about us? And exactly. I, I got a feeling that yeah. happens with you guys, yeah. doesn't it? And, and the, the literal bullets start flying, you know, towards their direction and, and causing heartache and uh, doubt sometimes and uh you're gone all hours of the night especially working narcotics i worked undercover on the coast my first uh assignment with the bureau uh for two years so it got hairy you got it uh bad guys don't like you yeah well i've done some ride arounds you know yes and, sir. uh i've walked into a house somebody that had a gun and they knew they knew me and uh, Brother Burt, would you mind talking to him? So uh, I, I can't imagine being a policeman walking in that night and here's a guy with a gun threatening to oh, use yeah. it, you know, and you're there and you're talking with him. Correct. And, uh, you know, you just you guys do that on a regular basis where I had to do that maybe two times in, in right. 40 years, you know? Yeah, and they say a, a police officer in a 12-hour shift has so many adrenaline dumps, which are— he has more adrenaline dumps in a 12-hour shift than a normal person has in a lifetime. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, you didn't stay in Greenville. You didn't stay on the coast. Tell us a little bit about your journey after that. I, yes, sir. Because I've been fascinated by all your experiences. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, well, my wife was in retail management. She she ended up getting into retail management after I left it. So. <laughs> She was a, a manager of McRae's on the coast, and he had an opportunity to transfer to Tupelo. And uh, so we have an office in Guntown, Mississippi, of all places. To have a <laughs> Isn't that an appropriate name? Very for appropriate, yeah. yes, sir. I, I figure one day uh, some politically correct people is going to come after Guntown, Mississippi, saying yeah. we, you can't have your name. If you go through on Highway 45 north of Tupelo, Mississippi, you'll come to a place and you'll see a a water tower and on it's a, a pistol. A six shooter. <laughs> yeah, a shoot shooter gun down. And yeah. personally, I like that myself yeah. now. Yeah, but sure. anyway, so you guys came up this way. So we came up this way in 98. And uh, 
we had our second child. We had two boys at the time, and uh, I have now have three three children, a daughter who's seventeen. Aren't uh, you proud that daughter came along? She's wonderful. It's <laughs> My totally, wife never did get that. We got the third one. It was another boy. Another boy. <laughs> yeah, like their daddy. She said, yes. "Oh me." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But they're, they're a blessing. And uh, recently, I just became a grandfather a week and a half Amen. ago. So that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Another girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, as as you came up this way, and you're still with the narcotics division? Yes, sir. I was still with MBN and uh, worked here for, I, I worked with MBN for a total of 10 years and uh, decided the narcotics work was very stressful. And uh, I was all over the state. I was the equivalent of lieutenant over six counties and uh, just constantly traveling and uh, go to Clarksdale, Mississippi, go to a roundup over there. Roundup is when they had a lot of warrants. We'd go serve and a lot of dope cases that were made and they would identify the people over, say, like a six-month period of time. And then we would all go in in mass and uh, make arrests after they got indicted. While you were doing that, I I understand the Bible talks about law enforcement being yes, ministers of yes, righteousness. Sir. And, yes, sir. Uh, you see that in the Old Testament, they were called kinsman redeemer. There was God's God's way of enforcement was a little different than it is today, but He's always had those that would go out and and to yes. to do work of against uh, against those that are breaking laws right. and doing that. Doing that, did you feel like? Did you know you were in God's will, or sometimes, what am I doing? Was there a struggle in oh, that area? Oh, yes, there, there's a struggle. Uh, even being a Christian, you 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 struggle with it every just about every day. Uh, uh, you know, some day some days you wake up thinking, what what am I doing? You know, putting my life my life on the line and my family and all this, uh, putting them under all this pressure of wondering whether you're going to come home or not. I've had some very close calls, one on the coast in particular. We had a wiretap going, and uh, we took the, the bad guy down. And when he got out of the car, I was on the driver's door with my gun drawn on him, and my partner was to my right with his gun drawn. And this was my third day on the job with MBN after getting out of the academy. Third day? Yes, sir. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so the captain says, come on, the, the deal just went down over the phone, and that we were monitoring, and uh, so we, we did a traffic stop on the car. Well, he gets out and uh, starts coming walking towards me. He was six foot eight, uh, man, big fella, and my partner perceived that he was rushing us. And I was, back in those days, we didn't, in narcotics, we dressed in plain clothes. Uh, I didn't have a holster. Many of us didn't. We just put our gun in the back of our pants, so I was turning to, put my gun in my pants, turned into my right. As he grabbed the guy, he had his finger on the trigger, and it went off right in my face mm. around the, the guy's body and uh, went over my left shoulder and hit the hood of the car I'd just gotten out of. Just missed hitting my captain. Wow. So uh, the, guy, the bad guy thought he got shot. You, he dropped to the ground. <laughs> you have to be so, alert every yes, second. Sir. Yes, sir. Man. So it, it very scary situation. He didn't realize he had even shot. Right. Uh, so I, I I looked around, made sure everybody was from what I my mind's eye could remember. Everybody was okay. I looked down, saw the the bad guy laying on his stomach, and the officer who shot on top of him with his finger still on the trigger with his gun on the guy's back, and I grabbed it with both hands around the gun. I said, "Roy, you just shot." 
and he hadn't realized it. He started shaking. So I, I said, pull your finger off the trigger and decocked his, his and pistol. And you did that three days in? On the job, yes, sir. So he was were, a 16-year veteran. I was going to say, so your training came in. It kicked in, and he, he got shaking. I patted him on the back. I said, I got this, and I, I handcuffed the guy and took two pairs of handcuffs. So <laughs> Six, eight. Yes, Big sir. guy. Big fella. You never know, do you? He just spent eight thousand dollars on some some drugs. So, yeah. the reason we're doing this is because I, I just want people to know uh, that law enforcement officers are uh, they're they're ministers uh, of of righteousness, and and yes, God sir. holds them in high regard. Does uh, that mean all of them are are just right? The answer is no, just like every pastor is not just right. Right. And you do not throw out all of those because of one bad. Exactly. And and that just is wrong. And uh, they could find that wrong with bankers and accountants because every once in a while an accountant would cheat someone. A banker will uh, have fraud. You don't throw out the whole banking system based on that, you know. And so – as you journey on, as you go through the the, you get out of the narcotics and say what eight? Do you say ten? Ten or, years. Ten years. So what what happens then? I joined Tupelo Police Department here in, in Tupelo, Mississippi. Yes, this is headquarters for those of you that do not not know for American Family Radio. This is where it was founded, and uh, this is where the ministry is. So you were here. So what year was that that you came? It was in? around ninety five, and uh, I joined in in. Uh, Worked my way up. I, I joined the SWAT team while I was with them and uh, worked uh, on the street crime unit, which is a specialized division. Uh, after working patrol for a couple of years, switched over to the specialized unit where we drive around in unmarked vehicles and work the high crime areas where a lot of uh, dope deals are taking place. And, uh, you know, is, high is crime. it easy to identify those places? Oh, yes. I, I figured yeah. it was. I yeah. mean, you know. Even as just uh, a person driving around, you look and you see some things going on, and you say, "Hey, something's going on there." You know, and you hear in the in the in the world people talking about cops profiling people and pulling people over because of their skin color or whatever. If I pulled you over, it was because I saw a traffic violation. I'd say nine times out of ten, I didn't know what color or ethnicity they were. I I just knew I saw a crime and I was going to enforce the law and. I was very cordial on every stop. If they were cordial, you remained cordial. Yes, sir. Yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, if they if they comply and and you know say I'm sorry, you know, uh, a lot of times they they wouldn't get a ticket. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you you you've got that that uh, choice to make. I don't know if it's you or which police officer. I was in Tupelo and someone. Ch- I, I tried to stay within the speed limit. I really did. I took uh, pastor in the church that I did, kind of high profile for Tupelo, Mississippi. And so I'd try to stay within the uh, speed limit. But one, I was coming home from revival after preaching, Kevin, and uh, I got on the road and they had, they had changed the speed limit and lowered it. And, you know, when you're on the road, you're not, uh, that you drive all the time. You don't look at the signs. Exactly. You you just know how. And so I I fired up from the revival. Yeah. You you (laughs) bet that was right. I think God humbles us right there. And uh, so this patrolman pulled pulled me over and I said, okay, you know, I I was cordial and 
He took my license, went back to his car, and he came back and handed me my license said, Reverend Harper, you not need to slow down next time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that, would, that probably put me in my place more than a ticket would a ticket, have. Right, Reverend yeah. Harper, you know. Yes, sir. And so, uh, you know, these are yeah. great guys and feel yeah. like we work together. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, they're uh, all they're good guys. And, right. and most of these uh, police, uh, you know, departments have chaplains, don't they? Yes, sir. Yes, and, and they come in regularly. I know they ride mm-hmm. around. I knew one or two that was with uh, the police department. I know the one that is there now, right. one of the chaplains. Mm-hmm. And it, they they really see and know. And trying to did they affect? Uh, does they do they help the patrolman to know that there's some people praying for them? Does oh, that yeah. make a difference? Yes, sir. It does. It does. You've got a majority of your force is uh, some young young kids who. Who may not be saved, and who may uh, need some guidance from the older older uh, patrolman and and the chaplain, and uh, they all they of course we all need help because you're working in such a, a, uh, a harsh environment, and you're around a lot of uh, bad that's in could either influence you in you know a positive way or a negative way, and and so it's it's incumbent upon the uh, the older guys to be mentors and and. Training officers doesn't that work in just about everything? I you know about sports. Sure. Uh, there'll be a football team or a basketball team. They say, "Man, this is a mature group because they got uh, a senior, a, a good junior, leader, yeah. their lead, yes, and, sir. and they speak out to to those younger guys." Mm-hmm. And same way with Correct. pastoring. Uh, I remember being there was a time, Kevin, when I was young, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, a long, long time ago. And I remember the pastors that I looked up to. I wanted to learn from them. They had yeah. gone through the trials. And so mentorship is true in law enforcement as well. Yes, sir. And yeah. and how do you come alongside? Do they team you guys up like that, or do they put two older guys together? When I say older, I'm talking about in right. the area of experience. Right. Two well, youngers, or do they put well, older with, and younger? Kind of like it did uh, years ago. Adam 12, did you ever watch that? Oh, old, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Malloy, and I forgot the other guy's yeah, name, I you can't. know. But it was the older guy and the younger guy. And, One uh, Adam 12. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Adam 12, man. The... Uh, most departments have a field training officer is what they call them. These guys have been to a school and they've been been taught how to mentor and how to teach policy to the guys and how to uh, start their career, so to speak, and go through check marks that get them on the uh, department to where they're, uh, they're uh, functioning without any help and, and know most of the scenarios they're going to be faced with. So these these FTOs is what we call them. Field training officers are grouped with the new guys, and they they bring them around to each officer on their shift and introduce them, and and they get exposed to quite a bit here in Tupelo. Believe it or not. It's, well, I, you know, I used to visit a bigger city, and I would hear about all the shoot-ins and the bank, the robberies and everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of come home to roost. You know, right. it, it's happened all over America. Just it right. is difficult. Well. That I wanted to get into two more things. You didn't spend all your time here in the states. Tell me no, about sir. your journey I, I outside didn't. the states. Well, when nine eleven happened, I just had a, 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 another urge and calling to go uh, serve our country. But I was really wasn't too old to join the military at the time. But I was so entrenched with my career, I, I felt like I'll, I'll just pray about it and and see what happens. Well, in twenty ten, I was. 
uh, came across a uh, opportunity to go contract in Afghanistan as a uh, law enforcement professional. We called them LEPs, working for a company. And we were embedded with the Army. And we wore the uniform. We had to go through. Uh, I went through Fort uh, Benning, Georgia. Uh, and we had to qualify with a rifle. We carried a rifle and we carried pistols and uh, wore a uniform and, and lived and, and worked with the with the uh, military each day in Afghanistan, went on patrols with them. I went out with the EOD unit, the bomb unit, after trucks were blown up and helped them collect evidence. And a lot of those guys were, were young soldiers that, that didn't have any police training as far as investigative experience goes. And that's where we stepped in and helped teach them how to investigate a crime. And uh, I worked a crime where uh, fuel trucks were coming in from uh, 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 Pakistan to Jalalabad, and uh, I was on that road there it was where I was mainly working, and uh, they were attacking these fuel trucks and uh, catching them on fire and killing the drivers. And uh, but they brought me the first pictures, and only one part of the tanker was on fire. And I said, "Did he tell you that it was full of fuel?" And they said, "Yes, sir." I said, "Well, I got on the internet and showed them what they look like when they burned down." In America, that have a full tanker, it melts everything. I said that one's not even damaged; it's just burning in that one section. I said they they stole the fuel from it. So we worked the case, and uh, over a couple of months, we would go work and spend a night with the police department at their they called it a district center, which is their police station. Had a wall around it because you had to keep the bad guys yeah. out. Yeah. And we'd do overnight missions there. And uh, one of the foot soldiers came to me. Uh, one night with my interpreter said he wanted to, the interpreter said, uh, Mr. Parker, he wants to talk to you. And so he started telling me how he rode with a couple of the majors in the department that day and sold all the fuel that they had stolen from the tankers. And uh, they got a cut cut of the money and split it with the chief. Okay. But he didn't get any money from it. And he was mad. Because he was providing security but didn't get any money. So it's just like working crimes over here. Wow. Greed gets the best of, of them, and uh, we ended up arresting the chief, and that was that. Solved it. So With law enforcement, let's look at this just for a moment. We're, we're talking to Kevin Parker, who has spent most of his life, except early on, in law enforcement. And he's, he's here at AFA, uh, an employee, a friend, and— uh, he's the guy that that we look to for a lot of things, and so you started out as uh, just a po- policeman there in Greenville. Correct. Went to the narcotics here of the state of Mississippi. Yes, then sir. you became part of the uh, another police department and built your way up to be a what was what would you call that a division. Uh, I ended up in detective division. Detective, okay, there. that's what yes, I was sir. thinking. And yes, then you, you after nine eleven and some things happening, and it gets where you can, uh, you become a contract worker with law enforcement in Afghanistan. Yes, sir. And that's all under law enforcement. Yes, sir. So when we talk about law enforcement, <laughs> sometimes, you know what we think about? The guy that pulled us over as exactly. we were going through a neighborhood and then you have all these people that are meant, are serving, and again, the Bible calls them ministers right, uh, for right. righteousness, for good of God. And yes, so, right. how long were you in Afghanistan, Kevin? Uh, Fifteen months. Okay. Was it? How, how was it? Just uh, did you, uh, like you said, when you were working with the narcotics, it had to be 
draining and dragging and everything yeah, like that. How was it over there? It, it was very uh, no it, no sunny days. Put it that way, because there's such a haze in the air. I think they there's not much electricity, so a lot of the uh, Afghans cook with with uh, fire, and, and uh, they have holes in the ground. They cook the bread on in those little ovens they have, and but it's just a real hazy area and uh, sandy, uh, dusty. Where we were was. There were some trees and things and, and some buildings that the Russians had built while they were there. But uh, you were— uh, It's kind of depressing. Very depressing. Okay. The poor kids would go on foot patrols through villages, and, and they would were just dirty, uh, yeah. no shoes, or, or they had flip-flops on, and the hands were just caked in dirt and just— Now, now at Afghanistan, the last word we hear, Taliban is as evil as— as we exactly. expected them to be, and we need to pray for the people in Afghanistan, those right. that were helping the United States. But those a lot of Christians got out, but a lot of them chose to right. stay, right. and they are paying the price, but they're being a witness, so we pray for them. But I wanted to get Amen. to one more area. Time's sure. running. Uh, okay, so this law enforcement must have been so bad on your family. Right. Somebody has followed in their dad's yes, footsteps. Yes, sir. Tell us a little bit about this and what happened. Real fast, uh, my son turned 21 in October of 2014, joined the Corinth Police Department in November. Now, that's Corinth, Mississippi, which is north of north here in Tupelo. Went through the academy in January, uh, graduated top of his class uh, like his daddy did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was very proud of that uh, for him. And uh, 10 months on the job, he's out with a prowler call at 4.30 in the morning. And the, the, he gets out, calls out with them, and in 11 seconds, he's on the ground. He's been shot twice, and he's calling did out. Did you get that phone call? I did. At five, what ran through you? I, I just oh, got to go. Gosh. What ran through your mind? Oh, the and chief. Your, and your wife. Oh, it was, it was just devastating because I didn't know whether the chief was telling me all the truth or not. Because right, you, you say they're holding something back. Yes. Yeah, I, I know. Your mind you races. Think, yes, so, it does. Thank, thank God he was, he was fine. The vest that stopped the bullet uh, had a brief pause in between law enforcement. I was selling police supplies. I measured him and sold the, the ballistic vest that saved his life. So, wow. anyway, neat story. But he's fine now. He's a detective with Tupelo Police Department okay. now. Back home. Back home. Well, so. let me tell you, are you enjoying your work? Man? I love it. I love it. Tell me a little bit. Uh, without giving every detail, tell us a little bit about what God's brought you to here. Oh, uh, I, I told Mr. Tim, he asked me after my second week here, I said, he said, how you like it? I said, this is the first place I've ever worked where everybody gets along and, and just loves the Lord, you know. And, and Makes a difference. It makes a great difference. <laughs> when I got back from Afghanistan, I prayed heavy about where God's going to lead me next because it's not natural to, to quit your career in middle mid-stride. Yeah. Uh, so. Kevin's not an old guy, and he's yeah. not as old as me. Got some gray coming a gray in. in there, but it's a different atmosphere. It's it's wonderful. You've been Praise God. listening to Exploring Missions. We've been talking to Kevin Parker. He's spent his life in, in law enforcement, making a difference in people's life as a minister of of the Lord, and and God was with him all the way. You felt that calling, oh, real? Yes. Yes. Amen. And God's still using you. He hadn't, he hadn't put you on the shelf. Not yet. Amen. Well, brother, I do want to thank you for 
letting me talk with you. Thank you. Having this just conversation this, this man to man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we hope you have listened and uh, maybe your calling is in law enforcement. Uh, it's still being a minister and being used of God. So let God use you wherever he directs you and may God receive all the glory. 